Welcome, Ben. Th- thanks for joining me. Do you want to give um, a quick intro about, um, yeah, your background as a coach and maybe your uh, MMA experience? Happily. Um, I love talking about myself, so let's start. Um, basically, yeah, I, I, I started out as a MMA and Jiu-Jitsu person, so I was a practitioner of martial arts. This led me on a journey through nutrition, um, optimizing health, recovery, this performance factor, but also understanding that I could only perform as good as I could recover. And it's been a, a very good journey and a fun sort of journey where I get to sort of bioengineer and, and figure out these biohacks or, um, yeah, take these complex things and, and test them test them on myself, be the guinea pig for whether or not the vegetarian diet works best, um, whether or not lifting heavy before doing a, an aerobic ses- session is, is very good or how to lose a drastic amount of weight. It's been a very fun exploration for me. And um, I've kept that open mind state, that state of absorb everything, discard what isn't useful, but keep what is. And through that, I've been having these fun uh, growth patterns and and phases where in my life, things just click and more muscle grows or better coordination gets better. My, I notice certain things are happening in my training that I am getting better in. Um, and I'll just do more of the things that lead me into getting those better results. And from that, I then experience, I understand how and what is happening to me. And then I'm able to coach it, I feel. So I don't coach anything that I don't do and practice myself. So I'm always talking from a point of knowing and understanding. And I feel like this has been a very big key as a coach to have that as a backing um, so that you can speak from experience, but also coach them through the steps in order to, okay, we, we're trying to get to the, the summit here. How do we go through the base camps to get there and breaking that down? So, um, a, one of my clever friends, um, very, very clever friend, uh, said to me one time that a smart person is a person that can explain complex things to a la- in, in layman's terms. So complex things explained very easily. And I've been on this journey now since COVID basically trying to break down something very, very, very complex, which we'll get into, which is the rope training, RMT, rotational movement training, and make it digestible and easy that everyone can step up and take it upon themselves, take it upon their own practice. So yeah, as a coach, that's what I've been trying to break down. Yeah. So I really want to discuss some of those things with you as uh, an MMA competitor. Um, MMA is a fairly new sport and I think there's a lot of different approaches to strength and conditioning and developing yourself outside of the, just the martial art itself. Um, and I know that some of the practices that you're doing are probably quite different to, um, what other guys are doing. Uh, so you mentioned the rope. Um, yeah. Do you want to explain a bit more about what you're doing with that? I'd love to, I'd love to. Yeah. And just to, Reiterate, yeah, doing doing things differently, I think, is 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 kept me not only um, cognitively fresh, but like uh, in this area of thinking that 
no one else can like catch me on this hill of I'm unbeatable. Because if you're doing things that are different and drawing gazes, they're now watching you spending more time paying attention to you instead of focusing on their thing. So just as a motivation, get out there, do some cool, fun, crazy stuff in the conventional normal gyms and hopefully listening to your body, it, it will return good rewards. Um, yeah, so with the, like, like my, my simple, simple brain would really, really love to have something simple that it can build and, and, and grow this progress. So like I chasing weight numbers never really like appealed to me. That was simple, but, um, it just didn't appeal to me. Whereas once someone put a rope in my hand and said, don't jump it, let's see what happens with these patterns. This understanding of feeling the feedback from the rope, the little heaviness, more heavier than a skipping rope sort of thing. It gave me this connection that I was needing to feel in my body. And, and once I was able to feel it, it's almost like my body gave me a thumbs up and it was like, yeah, man, go for it. Uh, keep doing this more. So the rope is just a simple piece of cord. Could be anything like a skipping rope all the way up to um, shipping rope, which, you know, like is a kilo and a half. And yeah, it's, it's this fun spectrum where simply don't jump that rope. And as soon as you don't jump it, there's only four patterns, four patterns that simply show up. And on top of those four patterns is when you start adding your own spice. So I've been out as a coach now trying to figure out how to get these four patterns as simply as possible across to everyone. And, and that's what I've been, uh, been doing with workshops now. And we just had 15 people go through the rope alchemy, uh, foundations flow course. So if you're keen to check that out, get on my Instagram, but What's amazing is we had a big range of people um, from teenagers all the way up to um, grandparents and, and they were all able to pick up this simple tool. And that to me has a big double thumbs up because if anyone in that age bracket, so like th that's a big grouping of people, then we're into some area where, oh, this might be for everybody. And as soon as you can get a lot of people feeling better in their body without having to go to the chiropractor or the physio or go somewhere they can start feeling better on their own it's easily accessible like you can have a rope hanging in your in your house you know it's so easy to to find these things that um you can start building strong human beings and by building strong human beings that are confident in their body, we're starting to now give the power back to the person instead of having to rely on the coach so much and, and telling these specific um, ways to do things. Now, that's not bad. That's great to have an outside perspective. But if you can start implementing your own practice and seeing progress in your own, own body and your own body of work, you'll start to now build your own creative ability, your own spice on top of this. So yeah, I've, I'm a big component for the simple action of not jumping a rope. And that's what 
I've now got all of my client base doing. I'm trying to get a, a rope in every single household. Um, so yeah, yeah. You got any further questions on the rope there? Yeah, Imran. Before sure. so, dive in. <laughs> more rants. <laughs> yeah. So you said uh, you've got some clips, I believe, some uh, video, so you can actually show what this looks like because it could be a little hard to visualize um, if you haven't seen it before. So if you want to set up your screen share, I think think that would be really useful. So we're on screen share here now, aren't we? And so if you can see here, what I have is just a very, very simple thing of I'm just swinging a rope by the side of my body here. I've got both sides working left and right. Now, what's hilarious is I'm trying to put a lot of tension into my core right now, holding this braced position, okay? And ultimately, by not bracing your core and going with the rope, if you notice I'm moving left to right here with the rope, I'm now opening up this ability of getting all the way over my right side, all the way over my left side. So I'm getting that complete feedback loop of what my left and my right sides of my body are doing. So... That's pretty easy to see, right? Like the ropes just swinging in an underhand fashion, nothing too crazy to it, right? What's powerful though about this rope swinging by your side, and I'm not jumping it, right? So my legs get to stay on the ground here. That means my legs can now start assisting the movement. Now, even more beautiful, I can now start getting this guidance and feedback from the rope when to take that perfect step. So now I'm putting information into my body that is positive and it's reinforcing these positive movement patterns on the connection and uh, on the connection of true balance and how to move between my left and my right sides. Um, So yeah, this is one of the four patterns here, underhand. Um, And then we have what is here called the dragon roll. It's where you start throwing it over your head. It's a little bit more advanced. But what's beautiful about this positioning here is that it actually opens up. So here's another side angle. So you'll see here now my spine is having to express itself completely internal, completely external. So if we just hustle back here, what we're starting to get is this extension through the thoracic. Now, a lot of our day-to-day life is spent in our chairs behind a computer, rigid in this spine. Now this rope teaches this beautiful ability to express the spine in an open opening um, area. So it ends up having um, a very, very good feedback loop on how to move and integrate the, the, the body with movement between your left and your right sides. So both of my hands here are pronated in and then when I'm fully external, so all pronated there still, all pronated there still, and I'm starting to turn, there we go, that would have been perfect. And now here on the other side of this dragon roll here, I'm fully external. So I'm teaching my body how to be external and internal. And what's beautiful is this teaches your 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 hands, your your mind, your body, how to become aware of positions that your body is able to go through. Now, if I show one more video here, you'll see how I can exit out of these moves. So this is move three. Now this is going to move one. So move one here, I'm back to move three. 
Let's see, hopefully, yes. And I go to the other side. So I'm on my left side here, which is move two. Back to move three. And then I'm going to throw it over to move one. So what's beautiful is the rope is still continued spinning in the same way like a propeller here. But now I can just start transitioning between all of these sides, putting a lot of magic information into my body, but also having this crossover of, oh, that's the golf swing there. Oh, that's how I would throw a punch. That's my swimming. So there's a lot of application and, and crossover to other things with this simple rope. So inside the basic patterns is when the beauty starts to build and grow. So um, yeah, I'm taking a little bit serious there, but um, mm -hmm. yeah, that's that's one of the most beautiful applications of it is that once you learn these basic patterns, you can start expressing not only sports application, but improvements to your own posture, improvements to your spine ability, your wrist, your elbow, your shoulder, your way your neck moves, the way your, your, your brain communicates to your, your hands, the smart things in your body. And you start to balance the hemispheres of your brain and become aware of how you are moving in this space at which you control at all times. Now, I haven't seen any other tool or implement of modality in the gym that allows to bring this, bring this unison, this, this confidence into the body of how we can start immediately putting positive reinforcements, positive reinforcements into how we move. For instance, a squat, I might do a squat and I just don't know if it's a good squat unless I'm looking at of taking a video or someone else, like my coach is telling me on the side, oh, that was perfect. But if you pick up a rope and it's not swinging correctly, it will hit you. And then that's that immediate feedback. Then it starts to tell you, oh, I wasn't in the right position. So you start to become cleverer yourself and you start analyzing. You start to build your own critical analysis of what you're doing and growing that strength that you are confident in your own self and your own practice. So if everyone was able to pick up a rope, you would start to feel more confident in the body you are moving because you are now aware of where you are controlling and strong in the space at which you move. Um, yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> I think you're the first person to uh, introduce the rope to me. Um, where did you pick it up from? Where did you discover it? Nice. I, I'm, I'm very fortunate to have some cool mentors. I, um, I first started picking up the rope after listening and being in, intrigued by Tim Sheaf's, um, uh, not only ability, but his expression of what this rope was. And I'm, I'm just trying to do what he started me on the journey with getting the rope out to everyone. And, um, Tim, Tim Sheaf seems to have a, a beautiful analysis or an ability to, uh, uh, look at things objectively and, and absorb new information and, and get it out there to the general population or, or make it in simple terms. So he helps me massively along the way of unlocking new moves and patterns and, and figuring out some perfect pristine timing, like making the practice perfect, um, was, was Tim Sheaf and, uh, the other side, because I'm a WEC method qualified instructor, uh, David WEC, David WEC actually invented this simple modality back in 2014. 
And um, he also invented the BOSU ball. BOSU, both sides utilized. The rope is both hands communicating, both sides utilized. So I'm fortunate enough to have that lineage and, and connection to not only the creator, but people that have also, Tim Sheaf learned from David Weck and then went out and made his own thing called Way of the Rope. Um, but yeah, so so I've, I've learned from the best and I'm just now trying to put my not not own spice on it but make it simple and accessible so that everyone can start doing it because it, it's changed my life for the better and there's so many things that it's helped me with and helped other people with as well um like yeah it's so for it's a person a, who yeah, might so, feel... so i'm just trying to spread that sure yeah for bro. a person who might feel like they're yeah. uncoordinated um, and they see somebody doing some of the more complex patterns. Um, right. It could be it could be a little intimidating, but you said it starts with four basic patterns. So if somebody if somebody's yes. looking at the the more complex moves and thinking, oh, uh, I don't think I can do that, um, there's still an entry point for them at a base level. And it seems like once you've learned those four basic patterns, you can build on those and start putting them together. Perfect. Yeah, well said. And, and and yes, the simplest part would be my uh, late grandfather um, no longer is doing this, unfortunately, because he's not really fit for it anymore, um, bedridden. But he used to just swing it by the side of his body with one arm. That's the entry level. Just swing it next to yourself. Swing it next to your body. And what's powerful by that is your body starts to move with the rope. Because if you're jumping your leg is coming up as your arm is going down that's creating a disconnection between these two big major movements of our body our up and our lower body so by keeping your feet on the ground and not jumping the rope you now start to actually move the rope with your body and that's that's how i start every session that's the entry level just start moving the rope by your side and then what you'll realize is oh if i lift the arm up a little bit higher my shoulder doesn't like this as much well, is that an area that it doesn't like or is it just that you haven't trained that tissue and that muscle to be used to that positioning? And this is where I cue the term grease the groove because as soon as you start to spend time in these areas that you haven't spent time in, blood flow, circulation starts to populate in those areas and then that, that starts to grease the groove, starts to get those joints, those ligaments and tissues used to moving through those new ranges. Um, and this takes us away from what I call Lego man training. Lego man training is very linear. It's up and down. We go to the gym, we lift things forwards in front of us, up and above our head. Very, very simple actions. Whereas with the rope, I can now start applying what my shoulder capability is in all aspects around my body, front, above, side, three o'clock, six o'clock, nine o'clock, all across those parts of the brain and body. So yeah, mm. easy entry level for everyone. Yes. And, so, and uh, get onto so my Instagram if you, if you, if you need to, need to have a geese at how easy it is, because on there, I, I show some easy ones. Unfortunately, I've only got the challenging moves in my presentation today. <laughs> <laughs> sure. No, it looks good. And I think the, the first one that you showed, um, the underhand side to side, where you're kind of shifting your weight from side to side, um, it, 
that looks like a, something nice. that a beginner could get started with. And you can see um, as you started to walk, you're nice. shifting your weight over the leg that's landing. Um, so what's the significance of that? Wow, great question. So the significance of, of when the head is shifting is it's taking us away from bracing our core and holding tension in our belly. And um, we don't want that because that doesn't allow us to feel free and, and fluid. So I'm going to share my screen again. And what you'll notice is when I'm like standing in this braced core position, there, there has this like element of rigidness to my movement and my the the body like the rope is sort of still almost hitting me as well but when we start to find true balance here by shifting that head directly over the foot we're now working inside the parameters of where we can rotate to instead of rotating past it we're now rotating to a position of balance to an area that we can take the next step forward. Um, so the significance of what our cue here would be head over foot, the significance of head over foot allows us to prepare for this next step. So you're building true balance when you take your head over foot. Now, anyone at home, you could try this real quick by just shifting your head like 15, 10 degrees over to that one side, then lifting one of those legs. Okay, the, the lifting the opposite leg, which you're not sort of head over foot on. And what this will give you is this beautiful sort of balance and you'll feel it and you get to play and explore on that line now. So it's really quite powerful uh, to find this positioning of head over foot. And the rope teaches this really, 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 really well because the rope will hit you if you don't move the rope to that correct side. So, um, yeah, head over foot is basically teaching true balance. And by building this into your practice of training balance, you're now preparing yourself to take that next step. Instead of holding tension and, and getting exhausted through your body, you're now holding the, well, you're not really holding tension anymore. You're, you're poised and calm, ready to just transfer this across the other side. Now, the last thing that the rope teaches when we start to roll it, we have to, our wrists won't be in the same supination position. One will be supinated, one will be pronated. And this is teaching our hands to be in the right area and the same positions that our shoulders should be in as well. Because your shoulder works with your hands in a supinated or a pronated position. So when we take the knots into the hand of the rope and you start rolling it, it naturally goes to a pronated and a supinated position. And this is teaching the, the, the length and the contraction of that side of your body. So a supinated hand is a loaded hand ready to be expressed out to pronated. So when you're holding that rope on one side of your body and as you transition it across, it's flipping over to pronated. And so you're playing in this supination and pronation. And if anyone at home wants to feel this, you just take your arms out nice and wide and you supinate one as far as possible and you pronate one as far as possible. And what happens there is you start wringing out this towel. And this is finding 
length and fascial length throughout your whole body. Now, what's amazing is the rope teaches this naturally. But as the, as you get deeper in and you, you've done the 1,200 plus hours that I've done, you start to understand how to feel this and the feeling at which the rope is giving of, of the fullest, the fullest expression to this one side before then expressing it fully over this side of your body. When you're learning the patterns, you'll be like, you'll feel it and you'll be like, oh yeah, I sort of have this. And over time, once you've done the reps, the reps don't lie. You have to do the reps with this sort of tool in order to find these discoveries and experience it. You'll start to then explore with where your body feels good, communicating with the rope and the hands about which, where that true balance is. And this is where having fun with your training, you can now start to do hours and hours. Like I show up to the gym sometimes thinking I'm going to do a set 45 minute workout, but it turns into only 45 minutes of rope workout because the rope has communicated to me that I need to spend time doing this thing because it feels really, really good in my body. And if it feels really, really good in my body, man, I'm going to do more of it. When I want to do more of it, I'm going to get better at it faster. And all we need to do is make everyone aware that how easy, how easy this simple modality of rolling the rope is and that it translates into, once again, you walking better, you having an element of locomotion. If you can walk better, you can crawl better. If you can crawl better, you can run better. Um, and that's the that's the, the really, really fun thing when you start to have like sport application crossover. And what will be even cooler here is I'll show you, like you can actually act at, have these attributes of throwing better as well. Um, so underhand is locomotion to better walking, whereas overhand there where the rope's now going over has better application to punching and throwing and swimming. Let's see if I hit it one more. There it was, yeah. Um, when it turns, so that's underhand, that's turning to overhand. Um, one more, turning to overhand, that's the throwing arm. And so if you can get a rope into people's hands and make them aware, like, man, if you're a pitcher, if you're a puncher, if you're a thrower, if you're a hitter, you can improve your your motor movements here. It doesn't have to be a heavy weight. They've proven that heavy heavier weights don't make better muscle re, uh, uh, recruition, but, but when it comes to skill skill development, having the lighter tool allows you to build that correct motor muscular movement of how to deliver that serve or that punch or that swing better. So I I, I urge people to just pick up a rope that doesn't even feel too heavy and to just start swinging it because it has that implement of improving daily life, but also sport application. If you play squash, if you play tennis, hitting sports, punching sports, swimming sports, the list goes on. Your daily life just gets better as well. So we just need people to become aware that it can improve some form of their life. And as soon as you, it attaches to that, as soon as you're able to find that hook, oh, I can get better at my golf swing here. I have 58-year-old mothers now swinging rope before they go to golf because it makes them better at swinging and the club because they are able to feel the timing, feel the feedback, and it doesn't take energy away. It doesn't take energy away. It's not heavy enough for you to feel exhausted. 
So I look forward to seeing sprinters doing this in the near future before they, they break 100 meter world records because it's an energy builder. The rope is an energy builder. It's not an energy drainer. Um, and I could keep talking about it for days. Oh, so if you want I'm to glad you mentioned uh, what it can do, bro. I'm glad you mentioned running um, because, yeah, I work with quite a few runners and there is this idea that's taught by some coaches of keeping the core braced, like you're showing in that first video, keeping the core braced so you have this strong um, central uh, foundation for the limbs to work off. But um, what you showed there, when you're moving your head over the foot on each step, is much more fluid. Um, so it seems to me that there's also the benefit of transferring your weight over to the landing foot is going to allow you to just generate more force um, simply by using the transference of your weight rather than you know muscular effort. Is that something that you think that applies in, in running? Beautifully, well, such well, well said, Iman. And that is the beautiful, the, the feedback from the rope gives us that information that we need to, to feel it, to experience it. If you just tell someone to walk, they'll do what they do normally. But if you tell them to walk with a rope, they'll have to think about what the timing is behind making that rope be clean and and smooth. So, yeah, by adding the rope in and, and, and getting that feedback of, was that the correct timing? Did you feel it hit the ground at the same time as you were taking that step across? No or well, yes? Good. Well, we can work on that. Yeah, great, yeah. great awareness, mate. Do you want to talk about some of the other practices that you've integrated into your training? Um, so I believe that you've got a quite impressive underwater breath hold time and you're um, yes. quite well trained in some of these breath work practices. Um, what was what was your journey into discovering breath work and thinking that this could this could be beneficial in your training? Yeah, great question. So I guess as a fighter, I was always looking for certain things to level up against the competition. And I always understood that breathing had some part to play, but I never knew how to dial it in for the performance factor or the recovery factor until I linked up with an Oxygen Advantage instructor, um, Dave Wood, who also coached Israel Adesanya. And he changed the game for me back in October 2020. And um, it brought into an understanding um, how to perform better with your breathing. And it sort of shocked my system at first, mate, because I was the fittest, used to be the fittest in the room for my, for my training routine as a gym. But when I would do uh, the Oxygen Advantage uh, exercises, I was really, really, really struggling at even the, the entry level, the... the just breathing through your nose factor. Um, and that then I realized like, oh my gosh, I've, I've not been using this muscle. So there was a whole awareness factor that, oh my gosh, I've got to actually strengthen this muscle that is mm, giving me life. And um, that life is through the breath. So went into a massive uh, sort of rabbit hole of trying to figure out uh, what was the breathing muscle because it's not your nose, it's not your lungs, it's your diaphragm. So how to strengthen the diaphragm, how to utilize these. And going on that journey in that rabbit hole, 
I ended up doing my own oxygen advantage uh, qualifications and then also went further into it to do apnea survival uh, qualifications, which are more used for the uh, uh, free divers and big wave surfers. Now, I, I was I was the not the best in the room in an essence when I when I showed up to that. And it really was a shock to the system to see these big wave surfers and free divers just hold their breath very, very calmly and act under the water like nothing, nothing, nothing was happening. Um, and what's cool about getting into that environment is you start to pick up on what makes them comfortable, what makes them calm in these situations. Um, and I was starting to like, once you start observing and, and experiencing that, you are able to download that information into your body. And I, it was a massive uh, level to enhance my breathing practice because I'm trying to perfect to optimize every every little point, every little thing uh, so that every base is covered. So if I go in to face someone, I don't have any questions. But that apnea survival is not the the best way I would coach breathing for general population because there's a stat of 80% of population in our whole world has a fact of over breathing. And what's hilarious about over breathing is that they mean that they're breathing too much oxygen. So when we breathe, we're already at this level of 100% or 98% oxidization. So we don't actually need more oxygen in in order to have more oxygen in our lungs and our body. And this is a complete paradigm shift for a lot of people, even in the medical industry, is because in order to be a better breather, you just need to breathe less. And by breathing less times per minute, now you're allowing the oxygen that you've brought in to be absorbed and that to be uh, more absorbed into the body, into the brain, into the muscles. So not only picking up some of the cool things that the elite are doing, but it was also trying on this breath journey, also trying to figure out once again, how I'm doing with the ropes, how to get this across to the everyday person. So now I'm building an ebook that is legitimate for everyday people that want to change their breathing habits to remove this, oh, I have to sit down and I have to meditate for 10 minutes a day in order to get, no, what is the perfect way to breathe? And there is one way to breathe. And we know this, we, it's known by the science, it's known by the literature even as well, by um, a doctor called Buteyko, who is a, a Ukrainian doctor. And he, he was uh, doing breathing study for the space race. When Russia and America were challenging each other to get to space first, they needed to figure out how to breathe in these um, up in space. So he was doing the research for that. And from that, we found the perfect way to breathe. And he has numbers that you can chase and attain, which are great for my uh, fighter's mind. But inside his very diligent work is this baseline breath, this how to breathe optimally. And if anyone wants to try this at home listening to this, just do me a favor, spend two extra seconds lengthening your exhale and then breathe in normally. And then once again, just lengthen your exhale a little bit longer than your inhale. And that is allow allowing pressure around your heart cavity to decrease. Because when you take a deep breath in, 
All of that lung space that is now full is putting pressure on your heart, making your heart beat faster. And as soon as you breathe out, the chest cavity decreases its space, allowing the heart to beat freer, sending a chemical from the brain called acetylcholine throughout the whole body, telling it to relax because the heart rate is now slowing down. The acetylcholine activates the parasympathetic state of the body, allowing you to go into the rest, digest, and heal state. So by maintaining more of that, you're now letting your body heal. You're now letting your body be calm. You're letting it go into the digestive state. So if you've got irritable bowel, bowel syndrome, let's just work on being more parasympathetic. Um, so yeah, man, the breathing is a massive key. And a fun little segue just to bring it back into the rope factor and everything. The ropes taught me that I was breathing wrong. Because I was having so much fun rolling the ropes. I was doing eight hours a day when COVID kicked off. That like I just couldn't stop it. It felt good. It, my body was telling me, yes, that, that needs to be done more. Keep doing that. But I was starting to notice that I would get tired. I was like, why am I getting tired? It's not really as exhausting or as um, in my face as my other training. Like, this should be easy. And I kept having a dry mouth. What's hilarious is if you have a dry mouth, you're usually breathing through your mouth. So if you're waking up in the morning and you have a dry mouth, you've been using your mouth as a, that's what you've been breathing through for the whole night. Tape that thing shut. That's a whole nother story. But inside this understanding that the rope, that I was able to, I had to keep stopping because my mouth was dry thanks to the rope training. I was like, hmm, there's something here. How am I meant to be breathing? And then I, I started going down this rabbit hole, figured out, oh, my mouth is only meant to be used for eating, drinking, and talking. My nose is only meant to be used for breathing all the time, all the time. So why it's, am I yeah. breathing through my mouth? It seems counterintuitive yeah. to uh, people that actually breathing less might be more yes. e efficient, especially if you're doing some kind of physical activity. Um, yeah, my experience was similar to yours. So when I started off with the oxygen Beautiful. advantage exercises, the um, yeah the bolt score, I was a bit disappointed at how poor my bolt score was. Being somebody who kind of prided myself in having really good cardio levels, um, yeah, this simple test yes. showed that my, my bolt score was rubbish. It was terrible. Um, it was well below the minimum that um, people should have for a kind of minimum baseline of health. But the uh, the other exercises just. Wow. Not, you know, breathing through your nose when you're doing sport. I, I kind of picked that up really quickly. And um, the first time I went out and ran, did about 5K just breathing through my nose. I, was, I couldn't believe really uh, how much easier the run felt. The, the rate of perceived er the exertion wow. was much lower. Um, do you think there is a place for, yeah. let's, say, let's say you're running sprints, let's say you're running all out. Do you think there is a place at that point for opening the mouth to just get more oxygen in people do seem to feel like when they're doing a kind of maximum exertion that uh, at that point maybe they should breathe through the mouth as well or just however they can uh, do you think there is a place for that or should we always be breathing through the nose i love that and the truth like if i was to be strict and have it my way i would say no because you should be using the mouth as an offset 
um, as in to, to get rid of more so you can take more in through the nose. And you should train that so that you should be building this tolerance in your off-season so that when you get to those big moments of the sprint, you're used to doing that through the nose. Now, that's that's not for everyone to, to, to spend as much diligent, like three months of the year just focusing on nose breathing. So yes, use the mouth to get away from the Jaguar. Use the mouth to get up the top of the hill. Use the mouth to get that extra bit of rep in to cover the distance. It's about what you do after it. So I usually say once you... If you're getting to the top of the hill, use the mouth if you have to. As soon as you're at the top of the hill, we're looking to down-regulate back through the nose, out the lips, and then back to all nose. And then that way you're using the functional breathing in order to... Functional breathing to keep your breathing um, under control. So you're never working more than your breathing uh, demand needs. Mm, so yeah, yeah it makes I'm not sense. one to say like yeah i love saying no to certain things because because of like my strictness in my training but then in the same term i have to be aware that not everyone needs that seriousness so yeah i i myself i'm strict i'm strict i i'm mouth closed i'm sprinting but with my client base, if they need to, to show me and give me that extra gear, go hard. I love that. That's love that's that. the approach I take as well. I want to see how far I can go. Can I do nice. can I do a whole load of burpees, you know, without opening my mouth, just breathing yeah, through just... the nose? And it is it is possible. I haven't really found that much of a um, a, a situation Beautiful. where you feel like you just need you know you need to open your mouth. Um, I think it will take different people different lengths of time to adapt to it, and for some reason. Uh, I adapted to it quite quickly. Um, but yeah, context is important, isn't it? Um, so yeah, I want to be respectful of your time. We've covered quite a few things here, rope work, breath work. Um, is there anything else that you want to mention or do you just want to mention where people can find out more about what you're doing? Lovely. Yeah, thanks, bro. And absolute honor to get on here and have a good good, good chat. Um, Look, I, I think we'll have to do another one of these again, mate. You bring out the good light in me and, and um, I love speaking with you. It's been several years now. I think we've had a good connection, so I'd love to keep that going. Um, but yeah, look, I, I do have many more things I want to talk about and that would be definitely about the breathing. We, we only just scratched on the surface of that um, because you've got the daily breathing, you've got your recovery breathing, but then also the performance breathing. Um, the same thing with my training as well. The rope is only about 10, 15% of it, even though I'm a big component of getting this out to everyone. The rope teaches and is like, an, it's almost an entry level for me now to mobilize people's thoracic spine because of death-ridden society um, and to, to bring blood flow back into their whole body before we get into a session. And the sessions I run are called rotational movement training sessions. Now, I just ran... A workshop on the weekend with that and we had everyone come through it with great success of finding new capabilities in their body so um, what's cool about rotational movement training is it takes us away once again from this Lego man and gives us this faith that we can actually lift weight while moving and bending our spine and having these sort of fun areas of 
I guess where we can move instead of saying we can't move there. Because when you say you can't move somewhere, you're actually limiting yourself to um, saying that you're not like confident about where you move. So uh, a lot of things that I like to work on is building this um, ability of like how to move and how to get into these really cool strong positions of, um, oh, I guess like intention, intention behind the pattern and the movement. And I was going to find something and show it to you, but I'll save it for the next one. But sure. um, we'll create that uh, podcast called the Rotational Movement Podcast um, because I'd love to share more on that. But um, find me, people, on my Instagram at Ben8Watson. The eight is the uh, is a great number, but it's also similar to the infinity symbol. Um, but yeah, Ben8Watson, send me a message. You can also book a free breathing consult on my link tree on there. I'd love to get you anyone and everyone onto that. So yeah, please don't be a stranger. And I look forward to bringing, getting people strong again, making mankind strong again. Um, so if any of this resonated with you, even if it's not breathing, just jump on one of those free calls and book it in. And if none of those times work, just send me a message and we'll make it work. I love it. So that's Ben Eight Watson. That's on Instagram. Yes. Okay. And yeah, he's set us up in a nice teaser for next time. So thanks very much, Ben. Can't wait to uh, do this again. Thank you, Imran. Best wishes, bro. Catch you soon.